0: She's Tori.
1: And he's Nick.
0: And this is I Want to Rewatch.
1: An X Files Podcast, Season 4,
0: Episode 3.
1: Tolico. In this episode, After a black man is found dead with his skin turned white by what the CDC believes is an unknown pathogen, Scully is asked to look into it. Mulder joins Scully, but he begins to think there's no disease at all. Rather, there's a monster from African folklore sucking the melanin out of its victims.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Uh.
1: This episode is a Monster of the Week episode and originally aired on Friday, October 18th, 1996. It was filmed in British Columbia, Canada, and it was written by Howard Gordon and directed by James Charleston.
0: So then we get a legend that says May 17th, 1996, and we see passengers aboard a plane in flight. And they're sleeping and chatting, hanging out, right? And then one man on the plane is reading what looks like some sort of reparations agreement. It is in Francais. And he rubs his eyes, and then he gets up to head towards the bathrooms at the back. And we see this, like, red eye with, like, a pale face watching from behind a curtain or something. And then the man, like, two of the bathrooms are occupied, and then there's one that's open. So he goes inside, he takes off his glasses, and he sets them by the sink, and he splashes some water on his face, And then he hears like a little weird noise and he looks up and he's like, ah, and then we see the door on the bathroom switch from vacant to occupied. That is also in France, So the X-Files loves them some French. Yeah. It makes sense when we find out what's going on.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it does.
0: So then we see a plane preparing to land and then inside the flight attendants walking down the aisle, you know, like telling everybody like hey we're getting ready to land taking their pillows all that kind of stuff and she asks a gentleman in a seat like where's the man who is sitting here and he's like I, "He went to the bathroom i don't know in french <laughs> i don't
1: know lady Jeez. yeah
0: he's like <laughs> toilet and then he like goes back to his work and so she like heads back and like some of the rooms are still like they're listed as occupied so she's like tap 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 and right before she gets there inside one of the bathrooms we're actually not sure which bathroom it is because this part is confusing Uh because we we see a hand come up on a sink and then it lifts up and we see the person looks in the mirror and it's not the person who went into the bathroom and the eyes are also kind of reddish and pale but then they start to shift and start to become like dark colored and then as the flight attendant is walking towards the bathroom a man comes out of one of the bathrooms and we will learn that his name is Samuel Aboa and he came out and she's like return to your seat and he's like you know he just kind of like walks and then and then she goes and knocks on one of the closed doors and is like sir sir we're landing soon we're landing soon and there's no answer so apparently she has like flight attendant keys and she opens the door and she like hello and it looks empty but then she looks down and the dude that we saw go into the bathroom originally, who was reading the stuff, he's laying on the floor dead, and his skin is all white. And she's like, ah! And then theme song. Mm-hmm.
1: And instead of the truth is out there, we get deceive, inveigle, obfuscate. Hmm. Yeah, again, not one I ever saw on posters or T-shirts. So this one did not catch on, and also, I understand why it didn't catch on because it's not good.
0: Right, it's not Sorry, good. Chris one, Carter. use a better font. Are your eyes broken? It looks horrible on screen. It does not look great on screen. And then in vagal, like okay, Mister, I-, I own a thesaurus Whatever. I n- nobody like,
1: uses that word. I had to look it up, and I'm I'm like, a pretty verbose person, yeah, and I know I have a pretty good you, vocabulary. I was like, what? Thieve- the-
0: persuade obfuscate like that is way better like oh my god also if you use deceive persuade obfuscate you also get dpo which is a callback because this is an episode three and last season's episode three. Oh, DPO. that would have been
1: cool mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm.
0: but then again saying that that would be cool if you also just said deceive persuade confuse that is even better if you're trying to stick something in people's mind and make it like a thing <laughs> right you want to use words that people will remember like obfuscate isn't that out of a word people pretty much know but like i i I had to look it up too. i'm not gonna lie to you i had to look it up and i'm like it means persuade why did you not use persuade oh my god it's it's
1: not a good one and like yeah every time i see see i love it when they change up the truth is out there i think it's fun I wish they would do it more often. I know Nick probably. They do it
0: quite a lot. They
1: do it a lot. But like some of them are very good and some of them are just like, what are you thinking? Like even everything dies. It's very cynical. It's not very whatever, but it's at least haunting. You're like, oh, everything dies. Like that is a little bit like, okay.
0: What I don't like about it is that they're now using it to basically like, this is the theme of the episode. Instead of just letting the episode like tell you what the theme is. Like they're trying to like yeah. they're beating you over the head with it. That's Little pretty bit. much is what it like I, I actually saw a list of every time it happens and what they are. They use foreign languages a few times, they use hexadecimal once towards the very end of the series.
1: I remember that, I think.
0: Yeah. Because the title is in hexadecimal and then the tagline is also in hexadecimal. But it actually is like they're basically using it to beat over the head something that someone says in the episode, like I with know. the whole like apology is policy. And it's like, don't. That's not what it's for. That's not what it's for.
1: Yeah. See. So yeah. Some of them are just not not that good. This one is not a winner. Do not want the t-shirt. Thanks. No. I mean, if you wore a t-shirt with that Deceived on, that people will be like, "What the fuck does that confused? mean?" use
0: That's a t-shirt. <laughs> hmm. Deceive, persuade, confuse. That might be a t-shirt. All right. We'll see.
1: We'll see. <laughs> By the way, check out our t-shirts. We have some really cool ones, including one that's like a fluke man inspired one that is really fun and awesome. So you should check it out. Yeah. Plug. Shameless plug. All right, let's move on. (laughs) So we're at FBI headquarters and it is 517 a.m., which is a very early time to be at work. Mm -hmm. And Scully knocks on the door to Skinner's office and he tells her to come in and thanks her for getting there so quickly. And he introduces her to Dr. Simon Bruin with the Center of Disease Control. And Skinner asks how familiar she is with the series of kidnappings that have taken place in Philadelphia. And Scully says only what she's read in the Herald, that four young African-American men have gone missing in the past three months. And Skinner says a joint FBI-Philadelphia Police Task Force has been working around the clock, but they had no leads until last night. Owen Sanders, the man most recently reported missing, was found dead at a construction site. Ooh. So Scully asks how he was killed. And Skinner says, well, that's just it. He wasn't. And Scully's like, has the cause of death been determined? And so Skinner refers to Dr. Bruin. And Bruin hands her a photo of the body, which shows a dead man who is pale white down to his hair. And Scully says, I thought this man was black. And Bruin says he was, and he hands her a newspaper clipping with a photo of Sanders alive. He thinks the depigmentation may be characteristic of a disease, and apparently a fatal one. And Scully realizes he doesn't think the men are victims of a crime. Bruin says this investigation should start and end with a microscope. Skinner tells Scully that Bruin is hoping an agent with a medical background such as her can make a quick and decisive analysis.
0: So She's going to get to science in this episode.
1: She is going to get the science. Yay, Scully science. Although it's usually not written very well. And
0: I don't, I don't think it's written no, very well. It's pretty much all wrong. But yeah, we'll get to that.
1: <laughs> the The line about like, I thought this guy was black is so bad because mm-hmm. it is so obviously a black guy like in makeup or in the universe of the show whose skin has turned white. But there is no looking at this person and thinking, that is a Caucasian man. He is very much a black man. So it's very weird for her to go, I thought he was black, because the line should probably be like, what happened to him? Mm-hmm. And I realized that Gordon had probably not seen the makeup work when the script was written. So maybe he thought it would look different or something. It doesn't well, even know that, how I mean, skin if, works.
0: Yeah, but he knows what people look like.
1: I know, but like it should have at least if that's what the script said, once they have those photos and the makeup work up, they should have changed the line because it just it it reads as really stupid. Like he obviously is a black guy.
0: I (laughs) think it's intentional for that she says that I think he did that on purpose because I think they're trying to do is they're trying to have Scully do that thing that was a thing for a long time and still is with some people where they think saying I don't see color. Is a good thing, and it makes you like you know. I don't see prejudice. I don't see color. Like if my if your skin was white, how would I ever know you had an African origin? And like, oh, people are the same to me. And it's like a super bad look to do that. Like I think that's yeah, what they're I trying to do.
1: I don't think that that's what they're trying to do. They might, maybe. I mean, it's possible. I think it's more that they just weren't weren't thinking. Like I don't
0: know. Well, okay, we, <laughs> don't we'll know. agree on that. We'll agree on that. <laughs>
1: But, I mean, I don't know. That is possible that maybe that's what they're trying to do. I honestly, I really think maybe Gordon wrote it and wasn't thinking about what a black person would look like with their skin bleached. And then... I don't
0: know. We're going to find when out When the later photo comes up. They yeah. they are writing this as a let's talk about race episode. So, I don't know. I just... I it it's a little
1: Yeah, it's possible that nose. you're right on and that's exactly what their intention was. That was. I, I would admit...
0: Know. <laughs> I did that for a while because I thought that was a way that you can say oh, yeah. like, I'm not prejudiced. I don't see in the nineties.
1: That was very but big, right? Like that, that was sort yeah. of the thing. Like but when oh, you I don't think see about color. what
0: that really means is that you are not seeing someone as an actual person and all their mm-hmm. lived experiences and realizing that yes, the color of someone's skin does play a role in how they are treated in society. And to say, you don't see that. Is to say, basically, I'm wiping away all your lived experience and just treating you as a blank slate, which is not yeah. cool. So.
1: And who you are and your culture and all that stuff. Yeah, it's a really yeah. terrible thing to say. It was very prevalent in the 90s, though. A lot mm-hmm. of people who were, quote unquote, I mean, we wouldn't have called it woke back then. Right. right. Yeah. Um, but people who were trying to be progressive would say that because they thought that it was well-meaning and they didn't understand mm-hmm. the harm that it caused. Now we know better. We learn, you know, we learn as we grow. So I
0: kind of think that's what they were doing. Yeah, and it's
1: entirely possible because, again, in the 90s, that was a very common common tack to take. Yeah. Dr. Bruin is played by Bon Morrissey, who will play a different doctor in one more episode of The X-Files, and he'll appear in two episodes of Millennium as two different characters. He's also been on episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Roswell, Northern Exposure, That 70s Show, and The West Wing, among others. Hmm. He's been
0: was that last... 70s show shot in Vancouver? Do you know?
1: I don't know where it was shot, actually.
0: Okay. I know a lot of times when we're, when, they're, when we're listening to all the stuff, like everything is like, it, that was shot in Vancouver. That was shot in yeah. Vancouver. That's why you're in all these shows, because they're all shot in Vancouver. I actually yeah. don't know where that seventy show was shot.
1: I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I know actors, a lot of times, obviously, if they live in Vancouver, they'll be on all the shows. But some people move around yeah. or they travel for Yeah. I mean, obviously too, they fly.
0: So... yeah I mean, obviously, like yeah. David the and Jillian Anderson did not live in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. That'll become a thing later. So...
1: Um, yes. <laughs> yes it will it was <laughs> also a thing with project runway for a while i think they moved to la because the hosts like didn't want to keep oh. going to new york and then they moved it back to new york and i think that's also happened with other just other shows because people get tired oh, yeah. of the commute, I've, heard, and so... I've definitely
0: heard the whole new york la thing cause that cause that used to be the thing was la and new york were the big places before vancouver mm-hmm. was thing so yeah so then fbi pathology lab 7 25 a.m And Scully is standing over Sander's body, and he's laying on a slab, and she is dictating into her recorder the case number and Owen's details. And she notes the total lack of pigment in the skin, hair, and eyes. And the bleaching of the eyes in particular suggests a violent reaction to a vector or virus of some kind. And then Mulder comes in and asks what she's working on, and he's eating sunflower seeds. He's like, just chewing away.
1: (laughs) Just go ahead and eat more. It's fine, Mulder. It's not a big deal.
0: I mean, it doesn't bother him, right? He's one of those dudes. Yeah. So, although he has in the past been like, ooh, when she's working on bodies, I guess she hasn't. And also,
1: contamination is just a thing, but yeah, that's that's true.
0: I I was thinking that because they're worrying about this might be some like you know, some, some virus. And she is not, she's just wearing like, she's got like a head thing on and just like gloves and like a, you know, a scrub jacket, but she's not like all protected. Like if it might be like a virus or something, she's not like got like a face shield or anything like that or goggles. Yeah. She doesn't have a
1: mask or anything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I was kind of thinking that, but I was like, well, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know how they would treat that, but yeah, but Mulder comes in. And so she tells him about Owen Sanders And that she has been asked to determine what leached the pigment from his body by the CDC. And Mulder thinks it's weird the CDC is involved in a kidnap case. But Scully explains they think maybe the case was mislabeled and the men fell prey to a pathogen. So I have to say, just from a watching the episode point of view, they maybe could have timed it a little better so that she was not literally saying total lack of pigment in the skin, hair and eyes. When we see her open his eye, because when she does that, we see that his eyelashes are black. Like they couldn't put <laughs> makeup on the eyelashes to make them white, and so his eyelashes are black. So it was, a little... which is
1: funny because they make white <laughs> mascara. They must yeah. have. Tried well, you that can in see. I think
0: like, because when you see it, you see the underside of the eyelashes, and the underside uh-huh. is totally black. You can see where there's some white stuff on the eyelashes oh okay so whether, they put a whether that's residual makeup from them covering the eyelids or they tried to use white mascara i'm not sure but they didn't do like the underside of the eyelashes at all because those are all <laughs> so black it
1: shows so, yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> whoops anyway so Mulder asked like what on evidence is this pathogen and scully says the fact that there are no external signs of trauma and the victim still had cash in his wallet And so he asked what kind of disease, and Scully's like, well, I don't know yet. That's why they're having me look at it, right? And she says there are conditions and autoimmune disorders that attack the melanocytes and prevent production of melanin in the skin. And so Mulder is like, so this man and three others conveniently contracted the same disease, then disappeared without any explanation. And Scully says it's possible the others have turned up, but the depigmentation is causing problems with identification. And so she's reissued descriptions to morgues and ERs. And Mulder asks if she considered this is a PR exercise to divert attention from the fact that young black men are dying and no one seems to be able to bring in a suspect, creating the perception that no one cares. And Scully tells him everything is not a labyrinth of a dark conspiracy and not everyone is plotting to deceive, inveigle, and obfuscate. (laughs) They said the thing. She said the thing. She did. And it's not surprising that she's the one who says it, honestly. Oh, poor so, Scully. <laughs> Mulder, Howard,
1: I so don't like Howard not, Howard
0: Gordon does not write a good Scully.
1: <laughs> he does. Sadly,
0: a lot of people don't write a good Scully, which is why I have a thing about Scully, because again, Scully's not at all person. She's just written. And I so know. a lot of people don't write her well. And so anyway. But <laughs> so he like here we he like totally, he's like, oh mm, biting down on a sunflower seed. And she sighs. And then he asked if she pulled any forensic evidence from the body. And she tells him there's hair, skin and fiber behind him on the counter. And so he takes the container and he gets up to leave. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to join the snipe hunt before the body count rises. So he's going <laughs> to get the real info with your your science, Scully. He's not going to find anything. I'm going to find the real <laughs> stuff. So oh. it also looks like he's like taking her lunch because it's in like a little like a little lunchables container, almost kind of thing. he's like, Bye, "I'm leaving." <laughs> so a little bento box or something full of evidence. <laughs>
1: I mean, I don't know how they collect evidence in morgues for <laughs> autopsies, so that may be the right plastic container, but yeah. yeah.
0: I have some containers that look exactly like that that are for food, so it's kind of funny. But yeah, I mean, why wouldn't <laughs> you, right? If those, like, they exist, why would you have to buy special fancy ones? That, like All you got to do is put a lid on it. It's fine.
1: Right, exactly. Mean. So Samuel Leboa is sitting in an apartment, and he's breathing kind of hard, and someone knocks on the door. And he stands, and we see a patch of vitiligo on his back. And the man gives up knocking, but Aboa answers the door. And so the man is like, do you remember me? I'm Marcus Duff. I'm your immigration counselor. They actually have an appointment to go over Aboa's naturalization petition. So Aboa invites him in and shuts the door. Inside, the apartment is very dark. So Duff is like, we could use some light. Maybe open a window because the curtains are totally shut, too. So, mm-hmm. like, it's just pitch black, dark.
0: Almost like he might be a vampire and can't
1: have sunlight. I mean, maybe. But he does kind of turn on a lamp. So I guess that will have to do. And Duff tells him to have a seat because the paperwork is complicated. So Aboa sits down next to him and Duff is like, are you OK? You look a little ill. And Eboa just says, No. And Duff tells him that he knows this process is hard and lonely, but once Aboa is a citizen, Duff can help him bring over everyone he loves. And Aboa just says, thank you. He's He's not very talkative. No,
0: he's not.
1: Duff is played by Carl Lumbly, who recently played Isaiah Bradley in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He's also appeared on Cagney and Lacey.
0: 109 episodes of Cagney and Lacey.
1: Yeah. So and LA Law and Supergirl. Additionally, he's done a lot of voice work including on Static Shock, Batman Beyond and several Justice League cartoons.
0: Yeah, he's John Johns, the Martian Manhunter on the Justice League cartoons. And actually, I found out so every DC cartoon like Static Shock and stuff, he's played John Johns, the Martian Manhunter. He's also done like other voices, but in the live Supergirl series, he actually played another Martian, but it was a different, it's a, it's a John. So I can't remember what the first name is, but he actually does a live action like Martian as well, playing the John's so nice. we, we get that same voice. He was also Mantis in the short lived TV series, Mantis. And then he played Marcus Dixon in 105 episodes of Alias. So okay. again, probably like a main character side note on Mantis. So Mantis, it only had one season. It was kind of like an early superhero show on Fox and actually aired right before the X-Files from August 26th, 1994 to March 3rd, 1995. So, oh, cool. But interestingly, David Nutter, Rob Bowman, and Kim Manners all directed episodes of Mantis. Oh, Dave cool. David Nutter directed one, Rob Bowman directed two, and Kim Manners directed four. There are only 22 episodes. And only 20 were shown on air. The other two didn't get shown on air, but they are available like on the DVD, stuff like that. Mark Shepard also was in an episode.
1: Oh, so, cool. Yay, Crowley. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Again, the series only lasted one season. It was at the time, it might be, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't check this far. It had like a TV movie, which was like the pilot in January of 94. And then it came back in August of 94 as a series. Right. So it was kind of one of those things like they did a TV movie, which they don't really do that much anymore. Now it's just like, like X-Files just had like a pilot. Right. And then it was just a series, but it was like the same length. This had like a TV movie and then became a series. From the TV movie to the series, they changed a lot. So in the TV movie, it was almost an entirely black cast. So it was like a black superhero show and like lots of strong characters, you know, for African-Americans. It was like a real it was really like, hey, we're finally doing like, you know, some non-white stuff. Right. Really good show. A lot of people loved it when they brought it back for the series. They recast everyone except for Carl Lumley as the main character. And they basically only had one other black recurring character. Everyone was white. Aww. And Boo. they kind of changed everything. They even kind of changed, like the the premises is, is that he's a scientist and he was, there was a protest and he was trying to save a child and a police sniper shot him in the, in the back, paralyzed him, so he's in a wheelchair. So he develops this exosuit, right? And he like sues the police and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, there's this wide corruption against like the black community. And it's so, like, he's kind of like a, like a local dude, almost like a daredevil kind of guy. Like he fights for the community and fights against like prejudice against the black community and all that kind of stuff. So it was very, it was very like, wow, like maybe it would be a good show. But then when they made it into a TV series, it was just like, you're going to fight like the villain of the week kind of thing. And so it kind of uh. just like sucked all the, it kind of sucked all that out. And people just kind of like didn't like the biggest complaint you'll hear about the series is that, man, if it had been like the pilot, this would have been a, this series would have been fantastic. But as it is, they're like, yeah, of course that got canceled because you guys took all the good stuff out of it.
1: Yeah. So. It's too bad. I remember,
0: I remember seeing it. I don't know if I saw the pilot or if I just saw a couple episodes. But it looked good at the time and there was a lot of press about at the time because and probably about the pilot because of the whole like, you know, like black superhero and like strong black cast and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, is something that we've talked about in X-Files, how it's not really a thing that usually happens. Very often. <laughs> no. So, no. Or when it does, it's like, and we're gonna have black people and everyone's gonna be black in this episode, like Fresh Bones or like this episode. And then otherwise, it's usually not that many people. So yeah, yeah. Or, if we, or let's have a strong Chinese character, but everyone's gonna because we're in Chinatown, and then no one, we're not gonna have any more Chinese characters. Cause, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, but I recognized him right away, and then when I clicked it, I was like, "Oh my god, he was Mantis!" And then also okay. the fact that he was when I saw your like Batman Beyond stuff, I was like, "Oh, I wonder what voices he did." And then I was like, "Oh my god, he's John John, the Martian Manhunter," because John John has a very distinctive voice. And then when I, the episode two, you're like, "Oh, yep, boom, that's it." So yeah
1: yeah and also like just isaiah bradley that's really recent because falcon and winter soldier like was yeah i last haven't year, seen that yet so and seen yet, he's so. very very good in that too so yeah
0: yeah but i also found it interesting that he's played like in almost all the dc stuff he's either playing john johns or he's playing like a relative john johns because it's like someone johns like he's playing a martian character whether it's a voice work or actual live action work he's playing like a different version of like a Martian Manhunter kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that, I thought that was kind of interesting. So then we're at the FAA headquarters in Washington D.C. And Mulder walks into pendril's work area and he thanks him for turning around the analysis on such short notice.
0: Pendrell.
1: Yeah. And Pendrell like is like, "Should we wait for Scully?" You <laughs> like Scully, it's cute. But Mulder tells him that she's not coming, she had a date. And Pendril looks really disappointed to hear that. But Mulder's like, It's with a dead man, she's doing an autopsy. And then Mulder asks what he found. And Pendril says he found asbestos, some plant matter, nothing much of note until he found this. And he hands Mulder a sample container. Mulder holds it up and says, It looks like a thorn. And Pendril tells them that it's a seed of Adenia vulcansi. It's a rare species of night blooming passion flower, indigenous only to certain parts of West Africa. And Mulder wonders how it traveled 5,000 miles around the world to end up on Owen Sanders.
0: Yeah. Everyone knows I'm not a fan of Scully. And so, right here, I was like, can we just, like, can Scully be the Psy lab person? And then, like, she's a scientist. She's always talking about how she's a scientist. So she can work in the crime lab. And Pendrel could partner with Mulder. And then Mulder no. and Pendrel go out on crime.
1: Yeah. I would not like that. I like Pendrel, but I like Mulder and Scully working together. I think they've got a good dynamic.
0: Surprisingly, I had not realized Pendrel is not much taller than Scully. He's kind of yeah. short. <laughs> short.
1: Maybe that's probably why he likes her. He's like, well, she's maybe, shorter than me. Maybe so. I also
0: wonder maybe if that's. Behind the scenes magic, where maybe David Duchovny—I know, I know—David Duchovny is like six feet tall, but I do also wonder if. Pendrell is really that short, or if they had David me up on something so that he is because I am the star and so I have to be bigger than all the other men except for Skinner because Skinner will kick my ass. But
1: yeah. Pendrell's probably just short. He's a short redheaded yeah. guy. He's very yeah.
0: I mean, not all redheaded dudes are short, but yeah, I don't know. No, just, but just, he
1: just, is short and yeah. redheaded. I'm not saying those things yeah. are correlated. I'm just saying he yeah. is. I've just things. never
0: noticed his height really before because usually he's sitting down. And then when we when we last yeah. saw him, we actually get to wear a suit when Scully was doing all that tagging stuff in Heron Volk, he was actually standing away from her. And so Mm -hmm. we pan across to him and then we pan back to her. So you can't really get a height gauge. Mm -hmm. So I guess when we do see him, sometimes when they're walking in, he is really pretty with Scully. Although sometimes Scully and Mulder are also really close in height. Until you see them together, like in long shots when they can't have her standing on something.
1: Mm-hmm. So, when
0: they're having conversations, the height differences obviously decrease because they need to have them in frame. So,
1: right. So, know. she stands yeah, on he, the little box. You he, he, probably,
0: I mean, shorter dudes are fine. It's not like, you know,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: I just, I also just do wonder because we know that like stardom <laughs> is a thing. And so sometimes but.
1: it is. I don't
0: think that's the case here, but yeah.
1: So, Mulder's on the phone and he's holding up the vial with the seed in it. And he asks if Cerebopathic Glioside means anything to Scully. And she's on the other end of the line, and she's in the autopsy lab. She says it's a cortical depressant that works on the higher centers of the brain. So Mulder asks if it's lethal. And she says it could be in high enough quantities. And Mulder asks if a toxicology scan detected any of it in Sander's blood.
0: I do have to say one thing. So Scully's on the phone, and she's obviously being cutting into owens by now because she has random blood all over her jacket Mm -hmm. one looks like she must have wiped her hand on her collar which i'm thinking like why would you do that but she has another one that's like it looks like obviously like if you like if blood's like shot out at you and left like a streak and I'm like, do dead bodies do that? Do, like blood just like shoot out of them like that? It's kind of. I, think, I mean, I think, I think if they you poke like,
1: them in the wrong way, probably yeah.
0: Maybe. I, it, it just seemed funny because she's got like random blood all over her, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know that like if you're like doing like it like you know. I'm thinking like from a from a baking perspective because that's where I come from. Like you know, you you try and stay clean. Like sometimes you can't, but like you're not just like randomly like wiping chocolate all over yourself. And she's got like. at least you shouldn't butter. be. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of funny that she just has like, nope, I've been cutting. So we need some random blood on her jacket. I thought that was funny.
1: Yeah. So Scully tells him that the tox screen was clean, but she thinks she found something that might explain the depigmentation. His pituitary gland was necrotized and the pituitary gland controls production of melanin. Mulder asked if that means she found evidence that a disease was the cause of death. Scully says she's identified the effect. She's still looking for the cause. He tells her to call when she finds anything out. And so she's like, well, where are you? And he says he's off to water the seeds of doubt. Because Mulder always has to be vague and cryptic. He hangs up and we see that he's actually in an airport. And then he hands a flight attendant a ticket and he boards a plane. So who knows where he's going?
0: Who knows, Mulder? He's sneaky. So we're going to find out where he's going because he is going to the United Nations building in New York, New York, because then we see Marita Covarrubias is leaving a building and someone is following her and she like is looking back. Someone's following her and it's dark. And then we find out that, well, we can tell that it's Mulder because we can see like his silhouette and his poofy hair and he calls her name and she's like, who are you? What are you doing here? And then says so me, Agent Mulder. And he apologizes for frightening her and says that he thought she might be able to help him. And he tells her about the missing men, one of whom was found dead. And he shows her the vial with the plant seed. And he asks if she can find anything about the case or the seed, meaning the, the case of the crime, not like the thing the seed is in. And she tells him that thousands of species cross onto U.S. soil every day undetected. And Mulder asks if she can help him. And she says she can't. But then he stops her and he says, can't or won't. And then he says that if you say there's nothing there, I'll drop it and walk away. And then that's the end of the scene. So, yeah, they just have
1: a little exchange. He flew all that way. I guess it's not that far. Where's the United Nations? It's in New York, right? So it's not.
0: Yeah, it's in New York. Yeah. I mean, it said United Nations building New York. It even says New York.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm paying paying attention. attention.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So then we see a young black man and we'll find out his name is Alfred Kittle and he's sitting at a bus stop and he gets up and he kind of looks down the street like checking his watch because he's waiting for the bus, right? And then as he's walking back to the bus stop, he's like, ah, like something hits him in the back of the neck and he like, "Ah," and he pulls it out and it looks, at first you might have thought like it was a little micro dart or something, but it actually looks exactly like one of the seeds that Mulder had in the vial. (gasps) And he looks at it and he's like, what the, like, what the hell? And he's, like, looking across the street, like, to see where it came from and who shot him. But then his vision starts to get blurry. And he's, like, whoa. And then he kind of, like, has to sit down. Like, he kind of, like, he actually kind of, like, falls back, like, onto the bench of mm-hmm. the bus stop. And he's just, like, sitting there, kind of, like, almost catatonic. And then the bus, like, is coming down. And we hear it. And then they stop. And the door is open. And the driver's like, hey, I got a schedule to keep. Are you getting on or what? And it's like, oh, drugs. And Kittle's like, doesn't move. Like he's just all like laying there, his eyes are wide open, right? He can't move. So the bus leaves. And then as the bus leaves, we see across the street is Oboa. And he's standing there, and large patches of his skin, like on his neck and stuff, are white. And one of his eyes has lost all the pigment. It's red. And then we see Kittle's eyes are just like wide open. He can't move. And then it's commercial time.
1: Oh, that's not good for
0: him.
1: Kittle is played by Dexter Bell, who looks super familiar to me. It turns out he was in an episode of Psych, as well as Psych the movie. So I've probably seen that's him That's why
0: he looks familiar that. to you.
1: Yep, 100%. He's also appeared on Arrow, Smallville, and Supergirl, among others.
0: Yes, and this episode was actually his first role in film and TV. He's technically uncredited as far as the episode goes, but obviously, you know, internet they can tell you who's himself. yeah so yeah
1: so later scully is talking to the bus driver at the crime scene and he tells her that kittle stared at him with these glassy eyes and so she asks if he looked sick and the bus driver confirms that he did he tells her that he asked kittle if he needed help but kittle didn't respond which of course we saw was not what happened right the bus yeah. driver he also like, was
0: like he's like make sure you put down in there that i had a schedule to keep so he's, he's trying to cover his ass. Yeah, so. he's very
1: much trying to cover his ass. And Scully's like, well, did you see anyone else in the area? And he says no. So Mulder pulls up to the crime scene and he asks what's happening. And Scully tells him that 17-year-old Alfred Kittle is missing. His mother called it in at three in the morning. Mulder asks how she knows he's missing. And Scully tells him that Kittle works at a fast food place down the street and takes this bus every night. They found his knapsack on the bench at the bus stop, and police are canvassing the area. The bus driver says Kittle was disoriented and non responsive. Could be some kind of pre symptomatic dementia. And Mulder says, or a reaction to a powerful cortical depressant. He thinks if they find Kittle, they'll find another one of those seeds.
0: Yeah. I'm also questioning the whole dementia diagnosis. That seems, I
1: mean, well, I 15 think years old. It's a pre-symptomatic dementia, so it's not like the kind of dementia you get as an old person. It's like a kind of dementia you get with illness, not necessarily a permanent dementia, but like a temporary mental dementia. Okay. It's I mean, it's a thing that comes up on medical shows occasionally. I don't okay. know how true that is, but it, it's been on other TV shows, so I don't think it's okay. that
0: I, It just Again. More, I'm probably thinking I'm, I'm probably thinking dementia in a more narrow definition. Than yeah. Is, so, yeah. They just, they just always like, dementia? Come on, Scully. <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't I mean, think it means like the kind that you get when you're old and start to fade. It's, it's more like okay. a specific yeah. symptom. Okay. So Scully asks why he's so sure. And he hands her a manila envelope and tells her a week before the first person was reported missing, the New York Port Authority filed it with the FAA. So Scully opens the envelope. Inside is a report that includes a photo of the man dead on the plane from the opening. Mulder says this dead man wasn't an albino either, and he was found dead on a charter flight from Burkina Faso in West Africa. The embassy demanded his body be returned before an autopsy could be performed. Scully notes the report lists the cause of death as undetermined. And Mulder says, yeah, but not necessarily unknown. (gasps) Oh,
0: no. (laughs) So then we see two police officers knocking on a Boa's door and he answers kind of nervously and they tell him they're canvassing the area in regards to a missing person's case. And inside a Boa's apartment, we see that Kittle is on the couch and he's like still like unable. He's kind of like kind of breathing and try. You can kind of seem almost like he's trying to make noise, but he can't. Right. Because like there's cops mm-hmm. at the door. Hey, save me, please. Hello. Help me. But he can't. Mm-hmm. So he's unable to speak. So the police ask Oboa to contact him if he sees anything. They give him a card, I guess, has a number on it, all that kind of stuff. And Oboa thanks them, and then they leave. And then we see that Kittle has kind of like a tear running down his cheek. And then Oboa stands in front of Kittle, and he opens his mouth super wide and tilts his head back and pulls out this long, like, plant-like object from his throat. Yeah. And I also love the racism in this scene, because when the cops are at the door the cop knocking on the door is like a boa what the hell kind of name is that of course they made sure it was the black cop who said that not the white cop
1: so, oh yeah oh, it's not
0: racism because a black cop said it but still it's like oh come on dude i mean
1: yeah and i think uh, this episode's supposed to explore racism so it's gonna have racism in it but that's not really exploring anything i don't know
0: no it's just covering your ass by making sure the black cop says it so the white cop say it so you're not accused of being racist when someone says it mm-hmm. so oh, anyway so then we're in INS office, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Mulder and Scully stand with Duff, who tells Mulder that he assists people who come from the same part of the world that he came from 15 years ago. And Mulder hands him a manifest and says they're looking for someone who came in recently on a flight from Burkina Faso. Mulder wants him to cross-reference the manifest with anyone who's applied for permanent residence status or a work visa in the last three months. Duff tells him he's a social worker, not a police officer and it's not his job to chase down people who enter the country illegally. But Scully tells them they're investigating a possible health crisis. And I'm like, you're FBI. All the records of that are on computers. You could have done all that cross-referencing like in the time it took you to talk to Duff. Like you didn't need to have Duff do it.
1: Yeah, but that's a boring scene, right? To have them on a computer instead of talking to this guy who we know has a connection. They have Scully on guy. computer
0: doing stuff all the time. <laughs> Finding multiple pictures of Jeremiah Smith and just look,
1: stop and trying stuff. to take Carl Lumbly's lines away. Okay.
0: I know. And also, <laughs> we need for Scully and Mulder to meet him because they need to talk to him later. So, yeah, exactly. And, and, so. Yeah. So,
1: so then we're at Samuel Aboa's residence at 500 DeMott Avenue and it is 1 p.m. Mulder leaves the building and he heads back to his car and Scully is sitting in the car and he tells her that Aboa isn't home, so they might as well get comfortable.
0: Well, I guess Duff did that cross-referencing for him, I guess.
1: Yeah. So Scully is reading a file and says there has to be some evidence of a virus or bacterium. And Mulder tells her that if she look up from the microscope for a minute, she'd see what's really missing is a motive. Scully tells him the motive of any pathogen is to reproduce itself. Her job as a doctor is to find out how it's transmitted. Mulder says if it's a health crisis... Scully argues that something caused Sanders' pituitary to fail. Meanwhile, Mulder sees a group of day laborers jump off the back of a pickup and he realizes one of them is a boa. So he gets out of the car. And Mulder calls a boa's name and a boa's head snaps in surprise. He did not expect anyone to call his name. So he's crossing the street and, like, he's so surprised with this, he almost gets hit by a car and then he runs. So Mulder and Scully chase him. And he disappears around a corner into an alley. They start looking around and Scully points out a hole in the fence and is like, he probably, you know, probably went through there. But Mulder notices a gap in the brickwork and he bends down. And inside, he sees a boa's head upside down and he's sweaty and breathing rapidly. <gasps> he's related to tombs.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, we'll get to that. And then it's commercial. So, cause shocking. How, would, how did he get in that small hole? Cause I guess that's actually supposed to be like a, it's like a rain gutter or something. Like inside Yeah, it's that very tiny. Hands. It's not yeah. the kind
1: of thing you could get into as a yeah. person. And also,
0: when we see his head through it, like, you can't even see his whole head. You can see, like, his face and his eyes. Like, a head might fit through there, but I'm not sure much else would. So, yeah. So then we are at Mount Zion Medical Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and it is 5.45 p.m. So four and a half hours after they chased him down. And a boa is being put into an MRI. And then we see Dr. Brune examining his pupils. So he's back out of the MRI because you can't do that when you're inside an MRI. And he tells Scully that a boa appears to be asymptomatic. And Scully is like, well with your permission i'd like to do some more tests and she's doing that thing where she's like super like demure and says sir a lot and doesn't like usually when she's doing her science stuff she's very this is how things go but now she's being very she's super breathy too in this scene which is kind of weird anyway maybe
1: she really wants to be in good standing with the cdc like she's- i
0: guess because she's very like well with your permission i would i would like to do some more tests so okay whatever Obviously, she's being directed to do that. So Dr. Bruin says, Well, it would help if we could talk to him. And Scully is like, I'm working on that. And then she leaves the exam room because Mulder showed up and she tells Mulder that they haven't found anything yet. But that doesn't mean he's not a carrier or even the index case. And Mulder says he's some kind of case the way he disappeared down that drain pipe. And then Duff comes down the hall and he demands to know why Aboa is being arrested. They told him Aboa's health was in danger. Why did they lie? And Scully's like, no one's lying to you, sir. We're just making sure his health isn't in danger and that he's not a danger to others. And then Duff asks why they called him. And Scully says, because they need a translator. And they want to ask Aboa a few questions. And Duff's like, what about? And Mulder says, about Alfred Kittle and several other missing young men. And Duff says, so this is about a criminal charge. And Scully tells him, there are no charges against Mr. Aboa. Mulder adds that they only arrested him because he ran, and they want to know why. And Duff is like, if you'd ever been beaten by the police or had your home burned down for no other reason than being born, maybe you would understand why he ran. And Mulder insists Oboa ran because he's hiding something. And then he looks at Scully and says that no amount of tests are going to find anything. And then he walks off. And Scully asks where he's going, and he says to find someone he knows who's plotting to deceive, inveigle, and obfuscate. So,
1: <laughs> they have to get that in more than once. In case you missed it the first time, there it is mm-hmm. again.
0: We're going to get a hat trick eventually. So, just be aware. It's so, true. Also, yeah. like there is a line here. Well, there should be a line here where Deaf is like, Why do you need me as a translator? Samuel so, I mean, well, speaks English.
1: Right. Racist. English. Why do you assume he doesn't <laughs> speak English? Come on, guys. Maybe because he's refusing to speak. And so yeah. they they are guessing that he's not understanding. But, yeah, yeah maybe he should at least question that I can't it. Speak.
0: I mean, he doesn't speak a lot. No. So maybe he doesn't understand English very well, and doesn't speak English very well. But, yeah. Or
1: maybe he's way. playing like he doesn't either way. But, yeah, you yeah, should probably at least the... ask that. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah. So also, like, it's never, <laughs> this comes up nowhere. <laughs> like How the hell did they get him out of that drain pipe? Like, how did they get him out of that drain pipe? <laughs>
1: Well, what's funny is like, how did they get him out? And once they got him out, they should. The question should be, how did he fit in there in the first place? It's very yeah. weird. Yeah, but that's not the question. It's what disease does he have? He's like tombs. I'm telling you. All right. Anyway, he's
0: like tombs. That's the problem. He's, like, he's very much the whole episode is like a squeeze, it's, but it's just, just not as
1: weird. good. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Howard Gordon. This is not my favorite
0: of. Oh. Well, this is how I was looking. <laughs> I have mentioned how Howard Gordon has done this before, where he just rewrites another episode. He has done it before. It's not that <laughs> he also has written some of the ones that I really like. Like he wrote Avatar. He wrote Grotesque. Right. So, but he no, he's also, done some good stuff. But you know, yeah, he definitely is like using this. He's also written a few words based like we have seen this episode before, Howard Gordon. So, <laughs> and this is definitely one of them. So yeah. yeah.
1: So then we're at the Burkina Faso Embassy in Washington, D.C., and it's 6.45 p.m., and Mulder is led into the office of Minister Diabria, and Mulder thanks him for seeing him, but Diabria says he didn't have much choice. Someone from the United Nations spoke directly to the ambassador. I think we know who that someone was.
0: Hmm. Well, at least they managed to, like, otherwise, I was thinking this was, like, one of those times when they use Deep Throat Not Great. Like, why is she in this episode? Like she's only got like 10 episodes. Why are you putting her in this one? <laughs> Put her in a myth arc one. What are you doing? So
1: because she has connections, I guess. He asks Mulder what's so important. And Mulder tells him that he thinks he already knows something happened on a flight from his country about three months ago. The State Department said the request to stop investigating the man's death came directly from Diabria. And now more men are dying. Ooh, Diabria says, even if he told Mulder what he knows, he would never believe it. And Mulder says, you'd be surprised what I believe, sir, which
0: is (laughs) is great. It's great. Not wrong. Not wrong.
1: Diabria hoped if he closed his eyes, it would go away this time. He tells him that his people, the Bambara, are farmers. He grew up hearing the old stories, believing them as only children believe. And Mulder's like, what kind of stories? And Diabria tells him, the Tolico, spirits of the air.
0: (gasps) We know Mulder likes story time.
1: He loves story time. So this is a direct quote. It was said they rested by day in dark places, deep inside tree hollows and in holes beneath the ground, too small for children to fit into. Only when the sun fell when the rest of the world was sleeping, would they come out? And as he speaks, we see an orderly or a nurse at the hospital opens the door to the quarantine room where a boa is being held and the room appears empty. So he knocks on the bathroom door, but there's no answer. So he takes a mug from the counter and he wheels the food cart out of the room. And we see the partially open drawer on the bottom of the cart seems to close on its own.
0: What?
1: what? Yeah, very weird.
0: Well, maybe when it's rolling, it automatically like auto like closes all the drawers, right? <laughs> so nothing falls out. That would be that would be a good system to have.
1: That would so, be. I don't think that's what's happening yeah. here, but that would be great.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So then Mulder, obviously listening to the story, asked what these spirits would come out to do. And Diabria says he was seven years old when he saw him standing over him. His hair was like straw and his eyes were like water, staring down. Diabria closed his eyes and screamed. He felt himself being swept up in the air. But when he opened his eyes, his father was holding him. And Mulder asked, so it was a nightmare? And Diabria says, that's what his father said, and he believed him, until the next day when they found his cousin looking exactly like the man on the plane. Which Mm -hmm. is why when that photo came across his desk, He knew that Toliko was more than a children's story, and he knew he was here. Whoa. Meanwhile, the food cart is wheeled down the hospital hall, and the cart stops. And when it stops, we see the drawer at the bottom of the cart opens, and a boa's face peers out.
0: Creepy. There, I'm be. pretty sure that's animatronics too, because there's no way for a whole head to fit in that drawer. Oh yeah, just see the eyes moving around,
1: and none so, of that. But the angle yeah. of it makes no physical sense. Like there's yeah. no way you like could the top be in of there. His and have head, your head would head chopped off angle. if he was in
0: there. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. Yeah.
0: It's, I'm pretty sure that's animatronics. It's pretty. They did a pretty good job, i have to say, because the eyes are darting around. So yeah, yeah. So Scully hangs an X-ray on the light board, and she shows Doctor Bruin and tells him that the X-ray appears to show something in a boa's esophagus, maybe a bone growth or something lodged in there. And Dr. Bruin says it could be a lot of things. She'd be amazed at the thing he's seen removed from people's throats and ERs. And then Scully shows them a shot of the patient's head from the the PT scan from the MRI that they did. And she circles some section and he's like, there's got to be some mistake. And she's like, there's not. He has no pituitary gland. And he says, it's not possible. But she says, she can't begin to explain it. Unless a boa can provide some answers. And then Mulder walks in and says they'll have to find him first. A boa is gone.
1: (gasps) Oh, no. Yeah. And the thing on the x-ray looks sort of like the plant from Firewalker, only it's kind of elongated, but it does look like an asparagus spore thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, some asparagus is thick. Some asparagus is thin. The question is, does it shoot fire? (laughs)
1: It would be cool if this ended up being like a callback to Firewalker, and somehow the spore had gotten out. I don't know, but yeah. that then it wouldn't only affect black men or turn their skin white. So it, yeah, yeah it I
0: sense. did think it was funny she had to circle it because even I, who am not a medical doctor, when she put that up, I'm like, oh, there's something wrong right there. She's like it's all <laughs> white and everything. And I'm like those usually don't occur on scans. So, but uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, maybe Doctor Bruin has been out of the. the the actual (laughs) medical practice for a long time. He doesn't remember what the human body looks like. Because
0: when she circles it, he's like, there must be some mistake. But yeah, I thought that was
1: funny. (laughs) So Duff is walking to his car in a parking garage and we see a black hand with patches of white skin grab a column and it's like across the garage kind of like behind a pillar watching him. Uh Oh. And Duff opens his car door and he sees a face reflected in the side mirror. And it startles him, so he jumps and he turns around, but then he realizes it's a boa. And he's like, you scared me, but a boa doesn't say anything. And Duff is like, they let you out of the hospital? And a boa smiles and he says, yes. And Duff asks if he wanted to see him about something. And like, he doesn't really answer. He's like, well, do you need a ride home? We can talk on the way. So Duff gets in the car. And a boa, in addition to having a white patch on the back of his neck, seems to be holding some kind of stick-like object behind his back.
0: (gasps) Not good. And then it's commercial. And they, they rushed right through this fade out to commercial. I don't know if maybe like, it's almost like jump cut, honestly, to go to commercial. I mean, they ran long a little bit somewhere else. I didn't realize that commercial breaks were so like strict, but they like, just like, it's like we see it, it's all black. And then the called and then just like ends. And you're like, whoa, that was really fast. So yeah, it looks like he might be holding the thing that they saw in the x-ray in his throat. And that we saw him pull out of his throat when he was going to get Kittle. So, so then we see Mulder bent down studying the food cart in the hospital. And he says that it was the getaway vehicle and Scully hangs up the phone and says that it was Philadelphia PD. They found Marcus Duff's car abandoned with the keys in the ignition and the engine is still hot. So let me see Duff and he's lying on the ground and he's sweaty and shaking like Kittle was earlier. Like he can't move. And we see a boa standing over him and he pulls out this like spike tipped rod from like a, almost like a sheath that is it's, it's almost like a piece of bamboo, sort of. It's kind of ribbed a little bit like a piece of bamboo, but he pulls it out and he takes it and he puts the spike right up Duff's nose.
1: Oh, I know.
0: Oh, but going into his brain and then a radio crackles and a police officer walks down the alley and he's flashing his light. And of course the place, I said, they are going overboard on the set decoration that this part of Philadelphia is not in great shape, man. Everything is like, like, it's like a war zone in some places. Like the, <laughs> It's rough, right? Anyway, and so he's like flashing his flashlight, and he sees some feet, and he walks over, and it's duff, and he's lying there, and he's still got the thing sticking out of his nose. So he calls for an ambulance, and the camera focuses on a very small drain pipe behind the officer. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe eight inches in diameter, maybe. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: So we say small. I mean, if you're thinking like a rain gutter, it's bigger than a rain gutter, but it's like a gutter you would have like on a big building where they sometimes they have them clamped off for like the fire department to use that water if there's ever a fire kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So but yeah. But definitely not something a person could fit in. No. But we do hear like breathing inside of it when they focus on it. Yeah. So then we see duff being put into an ambulance and Scully asks the officer in charge what happened to him. But he's like, I'm not even going to try to guess. And then she asks about a boa and is told they're still sweeping the area. Scully tells Mulder that he can't have gone far, and Mulder's like, this guy can squeeze into a coffee can. He could be anywhere. And Mulder (laughs) thinks he's going to find another victim because they interrupted a boa before he could finish. He also thinks the killing is just incidental to a far more basic need. And Scully is like, what need? And I'm like, you think he can squeeze, you say? maybe. Mm-hmm. That sounds weird. Yeah. 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 So he asks about the examination and how she couldn't find a single albino trait on a boa. And Scully says, based on his scan, she's not even sure how he's alive. And Mulder tells her about the folktale that Diabria told him. And he thinks that this creature is surviving by stealing hormones from others and that he is not an anomaly. They're probably more like him back in Africa. So he doesn't mention Diabria's name either. He just says, like, from someone I talked to. So keeping it on down, though. Anyway, Scully is dubious that his theory is based on a folktale, but he says that humans fear the unknown, so we reduce to terms we are familiar to us, whether that's a folktale, a disease, or a conspiracy. And then Scully says, well, if you're right, and this creature is feeding on others' hormones to survive, why would he leave his homeland and come to another country? And Mulder's like, free cable? And then he jokes, and says, like, who knows? Like, liberty, freedom, to pursue your own interests. So, mm-hmm. yeah. it's We've talked about this before. Like, they don't mention any of the previous cases that they've dealt with this kind of stuff, where, like, you know, people being fed on for their parts, like, whether it be, like, their livers or their fat. So it's just kind of weird that they never bring that stuff up
1: yeah i mean vince gilligan does but he's like the only one who seems to everyone else kind of just
0: doesn't yeah it's just weirdly weird
1: so they arrive at a demolition site in Mulder parks scully asks why they're there And he tells her that Pendrel found asbestos fibers on Sanders' body. And asbestos is removed from old buildings before they're torn down. It's because it's incredibly toxic and has to be removed very carefully by people in hazmat suits. Don't mess around with asbestos. Anyway, the asbestos had to come from somewhere. So Mulder breaks a board off the entrance and they go inside. Mulder opens an inner door and he goes into this other section with his flashlight and he's looking around and he sees a ladder, so he climbs it. And in the dark, we see a pale-faced, red-eyed figure watching him. So Mulder reaches the top, and something strikes him in the neck. And then we see a boa, who was the pale-faced, red-eyed figure, lower a blowgun from his lips. And Mulder touches the wound, and blood appears on his fingers. And then his vision starts to blur. So he calls for Scully, and she's downstairs, so she calls up to him, and she's not really sure where he is. And he kind of, like, extends his gun like he might shoot it, but then he falls down. So whatever. So, I mean, this stuff is very fast-acting, right?
0: Yeah. And also Scully says, Mulder, more times in this scene than I think the Lost Boys say <laughs> Michael in the whole movie. So like,
1: <laughs> she does say it a lot. Mulder! Mulder! Mulder. <laughs> Mulder. She's just trying yeah. to uh, Marco Polo, but he's is not answering. Echo
0: located. What is she doing? <laughs> it's
1: not working. She does find the ladder and she climbs up and Mulder's flashlight is lying on the ground at the other end of the platform. She sees an opening to a duct of some sort and she shines her light in and then crawls inside. And she crawls under a vent and we see a boa watching her through the vent. And she gets further in and she sees another body all bleached white in a jumpsuit. Then she finds Mulder slumped in the duct and he's sweaty and barely responsive. And she crawls past him, and she looks at her flashlight, and then something crawls towards her, and it's moving fast. It's a boa. Mm-hmm. So she fires two shots, and he vanishes. She goes back to Mulder, and she asks if he's okay, but he doesn't respond. So she breaks a vent open in the duct and jumps down. And she manages to pull Mulder out of the duct as well, because he's really not able to move, because this poison has
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, temporarily paralyzed him. And she lays him on the ground next to another victim who's probably dead.
0: Yeah, there's actually two more bodies in there, which accounts for all four of the missing persons, right? Because they found right. the one, and then there's one in the vent, and then there's two more in this one. So there we've got all four of them.
1: So. Mm-hmm. Scully then uses her cell phone to call for help. And while she's on the phone, a boa appears behind her. And Mulder sees him, but he can't call out, right? Because he can't speak. But Scully notices that Mulder, who can move his eyes, is like darting them to her and then like behind her rapidly. So she finally realizes what he's doing, turns, and she shoots a boa who falls to the ground.
0: Yeah, because all he can move is his eyes. He's like, "Mm,
1: mm, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, she shot the suspect.
0: (laughs) She did. She didn't shoot Mulder. Good job.
1: (laughs) Shot the right person. But yeah, I mean, it does happen from time to time. She does actually shoot the suspect. (laughs) Or the attacker or whatever.
0: So then we see Scully and she's sitting at a desk typing on her computer. It's like she's probably in her office. There's like an American flag in the background kind of stuff. So she's probably supposed to be like in the FBI office. I'm assuming she doesn't just have like a random American flag in her apartment. I don't know. I've never Mm. seen it before.
1: No, I never have either.
0: Yeah. So she's typing and we get a voiceover because she's typing in her field journal. And she writes that despite acute trauma to his pituitary gland, Duff was discharged from the medical center this morning. He will testify in a grand jury case about a boa who is being charged with five counts of murder to so the four missing dudes. And then obviously Kittle, we see a boa in a hospital bed and Scully says it remains uncertain. If a boa will live long enough to stand trial, he is not responding to hormone therapy and Scully remains convinced the method by which a boa killed and survived can only be explained by medical science not some weird folktale. Anyway, and what they can figure out what it is, that that will in turn help them discover his place in the broader context of evolution. And then she continues that what science may never be able to explain is our fear of the alien among us, a fear, which often drives us not to search for understanding, but to deceive and and obfuscate, to obscure the truth, not only from others, but from ourselves. The end. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, so Scully's the one who's going to be printing those T-shirts that say like <laughs> "deceive and begel obfuscate." She's really into that phrase right now. One of those things. She's just like, I'm going to make this happen, and then it doesn't. Mm-hmm.
0: So she is into that. Yeah. Her little word of the day app so, so in Vigo. And she's like, I'm going to work that in the conversations.
1: <laughs> I got to say 100% something I've done. I'm like, I'm going to know this word now and I'm going to say it at some point. Um, I haven't had one of those calendars or apps for a really long time. But I definitely <laughs> yeah, used Yeah, back
0: to. then it would have been a calendar. It wouldn't have been an app. But yeah.
1: I definitely used to have those. And I would be like, I'm going to sound really smart now because I know what this word means. <laughs>
0: And everyone else who had that same calendar was like, "Oh, you got one of those too." It was like it was like a, it was like a, we had a bond. You like you say that word and people were like, "Oh, gotcha." Yeah, like you okay, you're one of the club.
1: Yeah, we've all got the word of the day calendar over here. You bought
0: that at thirty percent off at Barnes and Noble, like on January fifteenth after the year it started. So yeah, oh yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you go, if you buy them. You buy them like early February, they're like 50% off at least. Yeah, or
0: like 80 or something. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're, they're, there. These like calendars are
1: expensive too. Like wall (laughs) calendars are like 20 bucks. It's like, what? I mean, I guess it's something you hang on your wall for like all year. And I know there was an X-Files calendar at one point. I'm trying to remember if I had it. I feel like. I oh, did. I'm sure there
0: were. there. Were, I feel like yeah.
1: I had one at least at one point. I used to always get like a different calendar every year. And I'm sure yeah. that was one of them. But
0: yeah, I mean, there may have been one in 94.
1: Yeah, was, there might have been. It
0: came out in 93. They might have started to merchandise by then. Um, if not, definitely 95. There was an X-Files calendar.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. I don't know about X-Files were the day. They could have had X-Files were the day. And then one of them could have been. (laughs) Envigal.
1: Oh dear. Anyway. Howard Gordon says they thought a melanin sucking vampire would be an interesting way for them to deal with race. And also like, it sounded like a cool folk tale they could use, which like, I don't disagree, but like maybe get some black writers in the room to do that. It doesn't have to be you guys
0: yeah that's that's my big thing like why did you feel that you whether we're thinking just him singular or the team plural needed to deal with race like why did they have to do it so also as we mentioned howard gordon stopped rewriting another episode and calling them your own because we all saw squeeze you've seen it (laughs) so yes and then my big bugaboo about this aside from the whole race thing is the science so In the episode, we do mention that melanin is produced by melanocytes, which are melanin producing cells that are located in the bottom layer of the skin's epidermis, the middle layer of the eye, the inner ear, the inner lining of the vagina, the membranes that envelop the brain and spinal cord, the bones and your heart. So those all have melanocytes and they all produce melanin. Now, the pituitary gland is like they call it like the master gland it like sends out hormones that control a lot of the other glands. So it does control the production of melanin. So it talks to the melanocytes to like how much melanin you should produce. And also it's all affected by, you know, sunlight, right? Because obviously sunlight is a big thing with melanin, but like taking out your pituitary gland, one would kill you as Skolli mentions, like how would he still be alive? But like, you would not get melanin from the pituitary gland. It's not produced by the pituitary gland. And if you were sucking melanin out of the skin, you'd have to suck it out of like the entire body. It would be like everywhere because it is everywhere. Like you wouldn't just take the pituitary gland out or damage it somehow and suck all the color out of someone's body. Like it doesn't work that way. Like, I don't know. It just really irritated me. Like, dude, like just basic science. Like, Mm. come on, you're going to be like super like, I know the Wikipedia wasn't around in 96, but like we had encyclopedias. I know your ass had Encarta, Howard Gordon. You could have used Encarta. (laughs) So if nothing else. I
1: mean, it came with like every computer. So yeah, everyone had Encarta. Yeah.
0: So it's just like, come on. In your Windows packet. It's just, they make such a, uh, this is what bugs me. They make such a big deal about Scully being a scientist. And then half the time the science she's talking about is not real. It's made up. It's fake or, or completely wrong. And it just bugs the crap out of me. So. Yeah.
1: And I don't mind them bending science in some cases. Like, I'm not a scientist. So to me, like a lot of this stuff, I'm like, okay, if you say so, like, it doesn't pop me out of an episode generally, but this episode is just not good anyway. And so no,
0: it's just, it's just, it's just another layer of, like it's just another
1: it. layer of like, okay, it's yeah. not well done the whole thing. Yeah. Like, I get what they were trying to do. And, like, they're trying to be sympathetic to immigrants who come to this country. There's another episode later this season that's similar in that respect. And Howard
0: Gordon wrote Fresh Bones. Right. Which I'm like, that one handled stuff really good. That one. Yeah. We we thought that that one was going to be gross. I know.
1: And this one, it just it doesn't handle it well, but it doesn't handle anything well. Like the whole episode, like. I don't know. It just feels very weird because it's like, I get that they're looking for a disease and Mulder thinks it's this folklore thing, but the way they discover it is weird. And then like, no one really talks about like, Mulder mentions how he can squeeze into a coffee can, but that's not presented as, like, the weird part of this, which, like, mm-hmm. would be the weirdest thing. And then there's the asparagus monster in his chest, and there's just a lot going on. And yeah, it's very- well, I think the
0: asparagus monster is that tube that he keeps the spike in. I guess that's what it's supposed to be. So I think it's almost like he's a circus freak. Like, that isn't something. Because oh. he, he does pull it. At first, I thought it was something that was coming out of his throat but he does completely remove it from his throat when he's in the apartment with Kittle. So I think that's where he keeps his little spike thing. So, and it also may double as a blow dart pipe thing. I'm not sure if it's like the same thing that he's using to like shoot the seeds at people that I don't know. It could yeah. be. He wouldn't, to, he wouldn't have to carry multiple things or maybe it like, maybe it's all super cool and like unscrews like some like <laughs> thing and like, you know, yeah. you unscrew it's, part of it and it's a dart. And then, yeah, I don't yeah. know. yeah But,
1: this episode was just weird. It wasn't super fun to watch. It wasn't, it was just kind of like, what's happening. Okay. Wait, what's happening. Like you mentioned the cold open part was really confusing. I had to watch that like five or six times because I was confused about like who went into the bathroom and then who came out. Mm-hmm. Like it was very confusing to me. Cause I was like, wait, that's not the guy who went in, but like, where's it just, I don't yeah, know the way it, it was seems done. It almost weird. like
0: he was in a different bathroom and then went through, like, a vent or something in right, the ceiling got the other bathroom. Right, which I guess makes sense when we know
1: he can do that. But, like, we don't know that at the first,
0: yeah. yeah,
1: we don't know that to start. So it's just very weird. And you're like, wait, what What importance is that guy? Where did he come from? But then they find the dead guy and you're like, wait, what happened? Like, yeah, it's very mm-hmm.
0: confusing. Yeah, because when he looks in the mirror, he's obviously in the bathroom with the dead guy because the glasses are still on the counter. right. But then he comes out of the other bathroom.
1: Yeah. And so, so it's, like, it's what? just very like, yeah. yeah, I had to watch it like five or six times. And I still was like, wait, what happened? And then once you see more, you're like, oh, okay. I get that this guy can move through vents, but like, it's just really yeah. weird. We yeah, didn't get any ra- of that cool, like screws coming off vent action to show us where the guy's coming <laughs> from or going to, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. But yeah, there's the racial stuff. There's the, this is squeeze and then there's just a the science thing. Like there's like, there's like at least three layers of this tiramisu that are like, nope, don't or,
1: don't work. Don't, and it's yeah. just not very, it's not like a super fun episode. Like if it had been bad, but like entertaining, it, you know, might be a little and the better. Makeup is not.
0: bad on top of oh, that. the
1: makeup is terrible. Yeah, no, I mean, it looks awful. It doesn't look, it looks like these guys like fell into like a bag of like flour or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, It's like, it's like white pancake makeup. And then is it Owens? Is that the name of the first one they actually find when Scully's in the autopsy? Mm-hmm. I th- I'm not sure if they dyed his hair or if they have like just like a blonde, like kinky haired wig on him. I'm, I can't tell if it's real hair or not because it, it's yellow. It's not even white. It's right. Yellow, like a bad bleach job. So I'm not sure if that's actually like they let him do that to his hair or if that's actually like a wig. And they got like Hopefully a school cap on it and put for that. On his there. Sake, yeah. So well, I mean he could have just shaved his head afterwards if he didn't care, right? True, and, true. And it would grow back. So but yeah, because obviously the person's hair was black because his eyelashes were black. So yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, just, it's just not not, fine, not right? great. I was telling Nick, I feel like season four has kind of a rough start. And so like I feel like, yeah, it's not not awesome. I was watching, it. I was like, okay, sure, let's do this.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, neither of us, well, I guess we'll get to our ratings here in a second, but neither of us, are, I think, are fans of this one. No. I think we're kind of flipped on episodes one and two. I did not really like Karen Volk. You thought it was fine. And then I didn't really have a big problem with Home. It had issues, but you weren't.
1: I just didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. This one I liked less. And again, like, it's not, like, it's hard to specify exactly why, but I think just because this one, home at least evoked something in me right like maybe i was like oh no thank you but at least it was something whereas this episode i was just kind of like confused and bored and just not really into it and then once they get to the folk legend at that point i'm already kind of checked out and then i'm like okay well that could be interesting but the way they're doing it just isn't it's not working for me i don't think so yeah
0: yeah and that was weird when I was reading about this, I've I'm getting back into doing research now. I stepped away from doing research for a while because I just had to step away for a while, but I'm kind of I feel like I've been not doing my due diligence on episodes recently. And so I'm getting back into reading books about it, and not just doing like cheap, easy internet searches. So trying to get back to like the, you know, primary sources the best I can sometimes. And there's actually a little bit of divergence on how people feel at least at one part of this episode is some people think that, and this is actually a statement, and I can't remember which one it came from, but that one of the great things about the X-Files is how they're able to take similar stories and twist them into something new. And then other ones were like, This is squeeze. Why are you showing (laughs) a squeeze again? And you didn't even do a good job of it. So it's really like, it depends on like just what you think, right? Some people are like, oh, yeah, of course they're going to use the same story over again, but they're able to change it and make it different. And then other people are like, this is the same one which I think you and I are both on the like, this is the same one. This blatantly is, I mean, in a way too shy is not much different than squeeze either. Right. Because you're feeding, I mean like vampires, it's the same story. You're, you're feeding off people to get something you need and it happens to kill them in the process. That's fine. But like, there are so many like squeeze things, even the acting of the way he talks, like maybe it's supposed to be that he doesn't speak English very well and he's an immigrant. And so he doesn't speak a lot, but also the way he intones his words, it's totally like tombs. Like, and that Donnie Fasher thing, too, of the way you speak, like, yes, I'm fine. It's that same kind of bit. And it's like, is that all what all your monsters are going to do? So it's just there's too many beats for squeeze on this one. Like, he needed to change it. I think they, like you said, the folktale stuff could have been interesting depending on how they'd worked it, but it's just, it's, they just mm-hmm. slapped it on squeeze and made it so yeah. different.
1: And I think you and I have actually talked about episodes where like, oh, this is kind of a retread, but they did it well. And so I think that's fine if you do it well. I think the problem is they did not do this well at all. And also, like, I have to say, like, at the beginning, when you know, the first time I watched it, when Duff is talking to him and he's answering in very stilted words, like he's only saying, like, little things like, yes, thank you. I didn't get the impression it wasn't because he couldn't speak English. I thought he was infected by whatever the thing was. I didn't realize he was the monster. I thought because he's all sweaty and he looks kind of sick. And so like, obviously we know that it's because he needs more melanin or whatever. And that's why he's looking that way. But like at the beginning, I thought maybe he on the plane had somehow gotten infected by the guy who died and he wasn't the guy who killed him. And so I wasn't completely clear on what had happened. And so I thought maybe that's why he wasn't speaking well, because I thought maybe he just, wasn't he was like infected by whatever this thing was? <laughs>
0: so almost like a black oil kind of thing of where yeah, I'm not, where I'm he's not just, me.
1: I don't really know what I'm supposed to say, so I'm just gonna keep it real, gotcha. real basic. But then that. that turns out not to be the case. But that's what I thought they were going for at first. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and also we 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 barely touched on it. There's one scene that we condensed a lot when Mulder and Scully are talking, and Mulder is talking about what he learned from the minister from the UN. And Mulder talks about, like, how he thinks there's actually, like, a whole, like, lost tribe of people who they're all, like, boa. And that, so it's basically, like, a little, like, a little tribe of, like, melanin vampires living somewhere in Western Africa. And that, that might, and that, that could tie into when Duff is like, oh, I can help you, you know, once we get your papers done, I can help you bring over, like, your mother, your father, your brothers, your uncles, you know, everyone you love. And he's like. Thank you. So, like, is he trying to get like all his like little melanin and vampire family over? Like, who knows? Yeah. But Mulder does think this like like he's not a one off. Like, right, prince, right. That there's actually like an evolutionary like little group of vampire kind of people. Yeah. So exactly. That would and that would have been an interesting way to go. We don't get anything beyond that aside from Mulder actually mentioned. We actually don't get any of that when he's talking to the minister. We only get that when Mulder is talking to Scully, describing uh-huh. what he got from the minister.
1: Yeah, that's the so. thing. That we just don't get a lot like we get like a lot of stuff, but we don't get a lot of the actual like m- monster thing. Again, why did he come to America? They kind of lampshade yeah. it, but like that would have that
0: would have that that would have actually been a good way to to do to frame the story too, of like trying to get like your whole I mean, it would like the thing with Scully asking like, well, why would you leave your homeland? Well, maybe because everyone in my homeland knows that we're a bunch of melanin sucking vampires and they have folk tales about us and y'all <laughs> don't over here. So we're going to come over <laughs> so there. We can come, I don't know. We can come
1: mine you for, for victims because yeah. you guys don't know what to look for. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: not you because you're white people. We don't need you. are you're, you're Yeah. You're just appetizers. We need. We need. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Weird. Yeah. I, I, yeah. There could be different ways you could have done this, but
1: Yeah. You know yeah anyway yes
0: so numbers <laughs> numbers numbers what do you numbers. got for a number
1: oh i'm debating between like a two and a three Ooh. i don't think it's egregious enough to get a two because it's not okay. it's just yeah i'm gonna give it a three
0: okay i would say you said you liked it less than home and you gave I home did. a four so i did like it less yeah. than home
1: again it just it, it's one thing to evoke like reaction but at least it's getting a reaction this really just didn't get a lot of reaction for me I was just kind of bored so yeah three
0: okay um hmm that might three I was thinking four maybe but now I'm kind of looking at older episodes hmm hmm Ah, uh, I'll go with a three. I'll go with a three. Also, okay. Uh, I, I, I think I feel less uncomfortable going with three than I do going with four. Okay. Based on previous episodes that I have rated, both three and four. Yeah. I think maybe it falls more into the three category than the four category. So.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Wow, double threes! Whoo, that's never yeah. happened. That has <laughs> never happened. I don't think. <laughs> um yeah i will need to go back and look at that so put a pin in that for later but yeah all right well that was Tolico.
1: that was Tolico. So,
0: the one thing i didn't do i talked talking about how i'm feeling like i'm going trying to do more research and then i realized i never looked to see if this is actually a, a real like folktale or mythology from west africa I think I mean, so I think there there are there are vampire stories from around the world, right, and this is sort of a vampire story, basically, mm-hmm. so
1: I think Howard Gordon mentioned that, yeah, I think so. I think like they had heard the story and thought it was a good okay. folktale to use, but I'm not one hundred percent sure I might
0: how it's... accurate it is to what like the name might be real, but like how accurate it is to oh what the yeah, yeah, it might be is, totally different than what the actual the Jersey legend devil, is. probably not yeah. that egregious, but yeah,,
1: so. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's it. Got anything else?
1: I don't. That's it. That's all I have.
0: That's it. All right. Well, make sure to join us next week, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: (laughs) Bye. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded in collaboration with Black Cat and Orange Tuxedo Studios.
0: That's right. We made this. We also make a Patreon-only X-Files adjacent podcast that you should definitely check out and you can use the link tree in our show notes to do that. But whatever you do, be sure to join us next time as we try to figure out if if the truth truth is is still still out out there. there.
1: The truth is what we make of it.
0: That we're not saying an episode name. I know. I'm
1: hoping you know. the savvy listeners will be like, Oh, they didn't say the next episode. What's happening? But I don't know if we have
0: listeners who've
1: listened to the credits to no. know.
0: I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Like, oh, music starting to out. Ooh, I know. I don't, yeah, don't even know. We have bloopers.
1: Yeah, who knows?
0: Or they skip past them to listen to the blooper.
1: Yeah, that too.